0: and a special focus on Wales women this week in the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. The new Wales World Cup kit is always something exciting,
1: even for a player as experienced as Ken Owens. mean oh, means everything, you know. The opportunity to, to represent your country and uh, especially represent the biggest occasion in uh, international rugby, you know, it's, uh, it's a massive honour. Wales well, women have a couple of games coming up against
0: Pochettes and Barbarians, with female coaches such as Rachel Taylor heavily involved. It's
2: a really exciting time for women's coaches in Wales, and hopefully we can try and encourage them to take the further steps on the ladder.
0: Wales well, women's coach Roland Phillips is delighted to be facing the Barbarians.
3: As from a four-five point of view, play that game as doubleheader here at the Principality Stadium before the men's game is huge. We do know that. So
0: a special focus on Wales women coming up, but we'll start with the men and the launch of their World Cup kit. Under Armour again delivering a quality product with plenty of nice touches.
1: See the website for full details. So what does hooker Ken Owens make of it? Under Armour did another uh, good job designing to be fair and uh, it's not always about how the shirt looks or what I suppose, it's what it represents and what it means and you know, see behind this. Is 31 of them, and hopefully 31 of us will be lucky enough to, to go on and represent our country at the, at the World Cup. Well, this will be your third World Cup, um, if selected. If selected. What, what does it mean to
4: you to pull that
1: shirt? Oh, it means everything, you know, the opportunity to to represent your country and uh, especially represent the biggest occasion in uh, international rugby, you know, it's a, it's a massive honour. And, uh, you know, like I said, hopefully we'll get that opportunity, uh, you know, for the third time to wear this iconic jersey, you know, at... Um, the biggest event in rugby will be a huge honour.
4: You're preparing for your third tournament. How different does this feel compared to
1: 2011? Probably the worst, because back in 2011, didn't really know what to expect with the training camps and and the effort that goes into prepping for a World Cup. So it is slightly more difficult because you know what's ahead of you but um, you know the prize is always is worth the sacrifice and and the hard work to put in because thankfully in 2011 we were in a good place and just came up short 2015 a lot of injuries and and a lot of adversity and the boys dug in and and to fall you know at the quarter final stage so you know we know the graph that needs to go in to prep us we've done a it's probably started a little bit further out this time i think we've been on a big four-year cycle especially the last two years of it Uh, And we're in a good place and, you know, we're in that final prep. You know, we go to Switzerland and we're just taking it block by block. Uh, We're at the end of our first block of prep, Uh, going into the second block now, which is Switzerland at altitude. And, uh, you know, we're just looking forward. We know how difficult it's going to be, but we've spoken this morning. uh, You've got to put the hard work to get the rewards and all the boys have bought into that. And, uh, you know, the plan is there. We trust the plan and we've seen before that we will get the rewards if we all buy into it. And uh, we're on that journey now.
4: 2011, you were perhaps a, a surprise package, Wales, going into that tournament. This is different now, isn't it? Long, unbeaten run, ranked number two in the world. There's a different expectation, isn't
1: it? Yeah, there is, but the expectation never changes within our squad. and our, We know where we're at. We know the work that we've still got to do. Uh, we've put a lot of good foundations in. We're probably not going to go into the radar like we have done in previous tournaments and that's because of our results and our form but so that's uh, an expectation on us and um, one we're we're looking forward to but we know there's a long way ahead we've got to improve and get better and put the graft in to deserve that tag as um, the second best team in the world but we're going to have to become the best team in the world to win the World Cup so uh, you know there's still a lot of work to go and you know there's a lot of teams going to be chasing us down a lot of quality sides in the world at the moment and um, you know, we're under no illusion you, people are putting the fairest tags on us along with New Zealand and a couple of other countries but you've got to prove that and earn that and you've got to keep yourself up there so nothing changes from us from perhaps 2011 to now
4: You've got warm-up games coming up starting with England uh, away next month what's the importance and value of those? What do you need to get out of them? Is it victories or something more
1: than that? Well, the first priority is get through Switzerland and get through the training camps. And uh, I think they're there you know, for a number of reasons. It's, it's important to get results because you want to keep that momentum and, uh, and keep that confidence. Uh, it's obviously about getting that match fit- fitness, getting you know, the cohesion and uh, working on the stuff that we, we know we need to improve on and building that confidence and match fitness going into the World Cup. And at the end of the day, it is a test match against England and obviously at the end of the month against Ireland. So... They are important games on a number of levels, but you know, for us, it's uh, it's going week by week at the moment and sticking to the plan. And we'll probably speak more about the England games, you know, uh, once we get back to Switzerland.
4: Wales England though, in any context, is always going to be a tasty game to look forward to, isn't it?
1: No, it is. You know, um, and we've had some great battles against them over the last couple of years, and you know, I'm sure they'll be. Uh, when they come down and, and right a couple of wrongs, you know, from their performance in in the Six Nations, uh, we were pretty happy with the way we went that day, and I'm sure they they'll be looking uh, to get a, a couple of wins to build their confidence going into the World Cup because you know they're a quality side, and we probably lost a couple of times against them three previous occasions before beating them in the Six Nations. So you know, there's, they're going to be wanting to get their confidence, their momentum up, especially again. And, another away victory and for us it's exactly the same uh, i think we lost the last two occasions we've been to twickenham so f- for us to go up there and, and build that conference as well getting an away victory will be huge but you know it, it's just about building conference and, and keeping that momentum going another experienced player is wing george north
5: another year with under armour another cycle with the world cup and for us i think the boys can see this picture behind us it's it's quite scary when you think how many boys are here now and there's only going to be x amount on the World Cup squad so for the boys it's, it's great to sit here now and training but um, I know to get in it it's a lot of graft that's needed.
4: Ken was just talking about what it still feels like to pull on the shirt you've been pulling it on for a few years now w- what is the feeling now is it different than when you first pulled on a uh, Welsh shirt?
5: No, for me it never changes as a kid growing up in Wales you know, to play for your country is huge You know, and I guess if I could have played once in my country and, and that'd be it I think I'd be a, a very happy man but where I am now it, it's magical You especially know? actually you know, doing Six Nations, you're playing at home. You hear the atmosphere and the the support you have is great. And you know, going into a World Cup now, there's no bigger stage to represent your country, you know. And you know, 2011, 2015 were were just as special. And coming into the first day of camp a few weeks ago, it, it felt like that as well. And now there's a few more miles on the legs. Um, I'm still excited, but sore. So, but um, yeah, no, looking forward to what's ahead now. Going into 2011, it was the unknown for me, but the, the prospect of representing Wales in a World Cup is is huge. And some I, I think myself and all the boys, are desperate to get into. You know. Um, the form we've carried in this World Cup is probably the best we've ever been. Uh, you know, 14 on the run now, unbeaten, and, you know, we couldn't ask for a better position to be in. You know, um, I think you've looked at the, the preparation camps around 2011, 2015, they were brutal, but, you know, it got us into a position where the boys felt like the best shape in the world, you know, and, you know, and I think the boys have bought into that already. Um, they may have told a few porcupines when they said the first few weeks would be building up nicely, and, you know, with Switzerland next week now, it's going to be um, a level up. So, all the boys are uh, excited bit nervous, apprehensive, I guess, and um, just ready for that challenge again.
4: And there's a different level of expectation on you, isn't there? The fact that you are going to this tournament as number two ranked team in the world.
5: Yeah, certainly. I think if if you look at, um, as history goes, you know, we've always gone in quite underdogs and I guess it's quite a new prospect for a lot of the boys. But I think if you look at the squad where we are now, it's a lot of senior boys that have obviously been there for a while, but you've got a lot of younger boys who've got a lot of caps already and a lot of experience at that high level. And I think the squad is is settled, you know, it's, it's the squad has been Apart from obviously a few numbers here and there, it's been mainly the same for the last couple of years now. The boys enjoy each other's company. It's a lot of hard graft, but that is international rugby, you know, and I think the boys will enjoy that challenge, you know. It's um, sometimes rather than chasing, to be chased is something different. It keeps an extra bit of pressure on you, but a change of dimension as well. So I think for for the boys, it's um, it's good. It's exciting to be in that position and we're excited to get involved now.
4: You're on this long, unbeaten run. Is it important to keep that going in these warm-up games?
5: Ideally, yeah. I, think, I don't think anyone wants to be in rugby to lose, do they? Yeah, I think you have to take the results with an element of pinch of salt with them, in the sense that the boss will want to try different scenarios, want to try different from partners and different positions and different combinations and such. So, you know, you have to take elements of, of that with it. But ideally, in a perfect world, you never want to lose a game rugby in your life, do you? But a big challenge ahead, we know that we've got four games to sort of iron out, get things right for obviously the big thing that's coming. But ideally, yeah, you want to win everything, don't you, as you, as you go along, but... In the grand scheme of things, now um, you know, World Cup is, is the focus for us. A
4: couple of games against England to start those—that always has a special edge, whatever context, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, that's a good plan in by someone, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, you know, to England, to Ireland, you know, I think again, there's, there's enough said about England, uh, England and Wales games, and I think historically, you know, the way the Ireland have been performing in the last couple of years, you know, I don't think you could ask for four better games to prepare yourself for what's the biggest challenge uh, of your career, really. So. For the boys, if we'll enjoy Switzerland, I think we will. I hope we will. I don't think we will. <laughs> and um, you know, get back from Switzerland, and then you know, uh, we're very quickly into rugby time then, and into off the Turkey again then. So for the boys, it's getting a good, good bit of volume in the legs and the lungs. Make sure we're trying to get that fitness and base level in, and come back from Switzerland, and we'll be full into rugby then as well. So um, the boys are excited for that challenge. Second row Corey Hills returning from
6: being injured in the win over England. Obviously, as you can see, he's a lovely kit, The World Cup jersey, and, and then his goes on for the two years as well so yeah it's nice to have a change up only 31 jerseys for the world cup so down to us boys now to try and get one of those
7: how are the preparations going for the world cup
6: yeah solid so far we've had a tough couple of weeks and obviously built into switzerland now so so yeah the boys are certainly certainly getting themselves ready and we know it's going to be a tough two weeks out there uh, plenty of scenery on top of the mountain and the boys who went last time have certainly certainly been in our years and told us about it and yeah i'm sure we'll get to see a few sights up high on the, on the altitude looking forward to it or dreading it? No, I think we're looking forward to the challenge. We pride ourselves on hard work here and no campaign is ever easy and um, it's been working for us over the last last few campaigns and over the last few years so so yeah, looking forward to it and, and ready for a bit of hard work. The most important question, how's the knee? Yeah, the knee's solid, yeah. It's nice to be back training and I've been out since the Six Nations uh, with the ankle so so yeah, it's nice, to, nice that that's now fixed and I can look forward to getting back on the training pitch and hopefully for my foot forward for the World Cup warm-up games
7: How frustrating has it been since the Six Nations because you scored that try against England the highs and lows of rugby I suppose you haven't played since
6: Yeah look that's part and parcel of rugby um, you've got to take it on the chain you've got to be positive and, and you've got to put yourself in the right frame of mind to, to get yourself back out there as soon as possible which, which obviously it, it put me out for the rest of the season so yeah it is tough watching the boys in the final couple of games but obviously it's exciting as well to be part of that and um, yeah I've, I've got myself in in good shape now to put my front foot forward ready for the World Cup As a squad are you comfortable with being one of the favourites? Yeah, you've got to be if, you, if you're going to put yourself in those positions and, and we have done over the last probably two years um, yeah you've got to be comfortable with it we spoke a lot in camp about we're having a bit of confidence behind us as well because we are on a 14-unbeaten run and hopefully we can keep that up now during the, the warm-up games before the World Cup Yeah how important is it to, you know, to, to go into those warm-up games and, and win them? It's two local derbies for us it's, it's um, four massive games and we are on a, on a winning run and, and everyone wants to be in that World Cup squad. So so that's your final chance, I suppose. You, you can put all the training beforehand, but it's, it's down to those games to put your hand up for selection. And I think all the boys will be doing that as, as much as possible. And, and luck with, with good performances come results. You're the latest uh, player to be uh, grogged. You've picked it up at the grog shop. What, what are the thoughts on the end product? Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Richard down there has, has done a fantastic job. Uh, the hours he put in—I remember dropping my scrum cap off a few months ago and giving him a bit of a headache because there was so much detail on it. And it's fantastic what he does down there. And, and to go in and see the museum and, and to finally get a grog and, and sign the wall was—it's pretty much a dream come true. Obviously, Pontypriest boy as I am, see all the people coming from uh, around the world uh, signing the wall and, and getting grogged. Yeah, it's, it's pretty massive. I, I, was, I was well pleased when I went down to pick it up and, and finally see it. Well, all this is a
8: new experience for Blue's uncapped wing, Owen Lane. It's been a challenge. It's something I've, I've really enjoyed. It's definitely a step up in intensity from the regional sort of things in training. You can see there's a higher demand on the players and everyone is just better in, in general. And I know it's going to be a step up again when we go into Switzerland. Hopefully I can keep it up and, and try and keep at that level.
7: Looking forward to Switzerland, dreading it? Uh, Yeah,
8: (laughs) I mean, there's a bit of both. I've definitely heard the stories from the other boys and I know how tough it's going to be. But look, we've had an introduction to the intensity at the moment and it's been tough, but the boys are starting to develop now and I'm starting to find my feet a bit um, and get used to the intensity, if you can say that. But I know it's going to be a step up and the boys definitely have some brutal stories. But hopefully you can stay in one piece and and stay fit.
7: How easy has it been over the past couple of weeks to, to join the group, as in you've got experienced players there
8: obviously you still haven't won a cat, have you? Uh, no and it's definitely quite surreal to be in this environment I would say the boys have been pretty welcoming I, I haven't felt like an outsider I felt like they've been inclusive and, and I've definitely enjoyed the transition I still find it quite odd training around the likes of the people I am you know Adam and Jones Jonathan Davis these are the boys I've I've grown up watching so yeah I I wouldn't say it's been a difficult transition they've been very welcoming but it is quite surreal.
7: What about that competition in the back three players like Liam Williams, George North training with them?
8: It is remarkable to find yourself in that sort of environment to train with those sort of players but if you can just try and learn from that calibre of players I mean if you look at what they've achieved it is pretty special so if you can just try and pick up on little things and they do on and off the field and hopefully that'll help your game
7: you had a great season with the blues obviously what would it mean to you personally to get into the world cup squad
8: yeah, it would be massive i mean any youngster growing up in wales you know you aspire to be in this environment and in this camp and you want to play for wales and you know now that i've got into the camp i realize how hard it's going to be to actually get on the field because you know the look at the calibre of players you're training around they're all like, international class players. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge and it's something that I'm, I'm looking forward to. And hopefully I can put my hand up and, and get a cap for my country.
7: What's the feeling like in the camp going into this World Cup, you know, 14 match and beaten run, just won a grand slam? Yeah, I
8: know, I've been watching from the outside when they've been doing that and they've had a remarkable run. And, and like, it's a settled group that, you know, it's, it's definitely gonna be a challenge for the boys coming in or the boys who are maybe on the outside of the squad at the moment to try and put your hand up for a spot in that team because they're doing so well but hopefully you can remain fit, you can put your hand up in training and that'll happen.
6: Is there, sort of the likes of today, a bit of a, sort of a reminder that you know, we're in our countdown period to the World Cup proper?
8: Yeah, all of our training is geared towards the World Cup in August-September time, so it's definitely a reminder, but at the moment we're just concentrating on the next phase of training, which is Switzerland, which is going to be physically demanding, and hopefully we can come through that in, in one piece, target the games. You know, hopefully I get a chance to try and figure in one of those games.
6: And those, uh, well, friendly games in inverted commas then, what's more important, you know, the performance or to keep this winning momentum going?
8: Yeah, I mean, you'd have to ask coaches that, but I, I know that they're definitely going to want to target those games to win and you want to keep the momentum going into the World Cup. I mean, we've got such a good momentum going forward and I definitely think it would be a positive if you can keep that going. So I don't think they'll be looking to change much. I think they'll want to keep the... And the squad as it is, and and try and just add to that and and try and take it forward if we can.
6: What's the one thing which you've learnt already then from the players around you?
8: Don't be late, there's one. Don't be late, there's one. Everyone bangs on about intensity at regional level and international level, and standards is a big thing, but I don't think anyone here actually bangs on about standards, because I think it's just demanded of everyone, and that's something I found quite strange. No one talks about that, it's just expected of everyone, and it's definitely raised my standards. You know, I like to think that I demand a higher standard of myself after being here for a few weeks, and you know, even if I didn't go to the World Cup, hopefully I can take that back to the region, and it will make me a better player for it.
0: listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. the Wales squad have just gone to Switzerland for that crucial next step in their training. Now it's time for a special focus on Wales women. We'll look at the matches in a moment but first it's an exciting time for women coaches in Wales. Lisa Burgess and Rachel Taylor will be coaching the Courchets team against Wales in the autumn. Taylor taking over from Burgess coaching the Barbarians. Here's Lisa Burgess.
9: Oh, it's so exciting. What an exciting time at the moment for women's rugby and, you know, the chance to be involved with the Barbarians, the greatest club on earth. And then we started talking about the Crosses as well, the own Welsh Barbarians team. You know, it's so exciting for women that have retired, that are still in the game, to aspire to being invited into those teams as well. So there's not many invitational sides of the level of standard and for the women's game now, it's so exciting, yeah.
3: You've
0: obviously been involved with the Barbarians. What's that been like as an experience?
9: Oh, just phenomenal. I mean, just what an amazing club. Every time I've been lucky enough to be involved with it, it's just been better and better each time. It, you know, each one's different and unique. Uh, it's a huge honour and privilege. You work with such class players and the whole spirit of rugby and what it means, so that friendship, fun, enjoyment, is just kind of embraced by everybody involved in it. And it's just a, a fantastic experience. Yeah.
0: If ever there was a club run by old men, that was it. So it's a sign that they are changing as well?
9: Oh, most definitely. I mean, the Barbarians, just phenomenal. The, the management committee, the people involved, they just embraced us. We're not known as Barbarian women, we're known as Barbarians, which is fantastic as well. So, um, so yeah, they've totally embraced the women. Um, we've had some lovely meetups with them, and, yeah, really complimentary. And they're just a fantastic bunch. It's a fantastic club to belong to.
0: You've been involved. You're handing over that role to Rachel Taylor for the game here. You weren't tempted to hang on a bit longer, with
9: It's an invitational side, and I think it's a fantastic <laughs> opportunity. And that's a whole part of the Barbarians. You get invited to play or coach, and uh, you know it's the whole spirit of the Barbarians. It gives those, you know, everybody different opportunities. So you know that's part of it as well. You, you know it changes round, and so it should, to give all those rugby players the opportunity to play or coach. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for Tales. Uh, she's a fantastic coach, and um, yeah, it's going to be amazing to play against the Barbarians in Wales
0: but you will be involved with the crochets. Just explain how that came about, how the women's side of the crochet started.
9: Yeah, so it was interesting. I had a couple of conversations with um, Geraint and Will Thomas, who's heavily involved in the Corsets, Geraint, for, obviously from Wales and the WRU. And it was just, um, you know, we started talking about it. It was their kind of baby. They wanted to launch an invitational side within Wales with the Corsets history. And so it kind of took off from there, really, and it gathered pace and momentum, and now we're working closely with Will Thomas and Charlie from the WIU as well, Charlie Watson. Yeah, it's just taken off and grown from that way, and now we've got this fixture against Wales, uh, which is just amazing, you know, so we're really excited and looking forward to that. It's a great, great first fixture to have for the Crawshays.
0: Well, it must be attractive. You're trying to recruit, I imagine. That's going to be a big carrot for people. What sort of side do you think you'll be able to get?
9: We're going to have a really exciting side. Tails and I are getting together pretty soon to talk about, you know, the players we'd like to invite. Yeah, there's going to be a real combination of players that have, you know, just retired. Those players that, like as Tails has alluded to earlier, haven't necessarily had the opportunity to play for Wales, but you know, this will give them that stepping stone to do that. And players that are over different borders, different parts of the world as well. We'd like to invite those, and we can have a couple of other internationals from other countries as well. We might give a little call to so that'll make it really exciting then as well.
0: Where do crochet's women go? In the future, the men's side has become a bit of a struggle in the professional era. Does the, to the women's side actually have more potential almost now than, the, than th- the men's do going forward?
9: I think that's really interesting. I think most definitely. I think, you know, the whole ethos of the, the Corsets is very similar to the Barbarians, about the fun, enjoyment, expressing yourself as rugby players on and off the field as well. And we're hopefully going to develop in it, is it? You know, people will want to play for the Corsets as much as they do for the Barbarians in that respect. And, you know, it's a stepping stone as well for players to have the opportunity to play with class players. You know, you don't necessarily always have the opportunity to do that you're playing against them instead of with them and also like I mentioned earlier the chance to give other women within Wales the opportunity to you know work as coaches and and managers as well so they get that experience as well within the course as well.
0: And the fact that the joint head coaches I believe is the right term uh, yourself and Rachel it's relatively unusual still to just women in charge of the women's team to not have a man involved in this anyway it's it's an exciting new development isn't it because there are enough players coming through with enough experience to take on that role
9: oh most definitely like i said you know women's rugby is growing all the time and the chance you know like i said for coaches to get on board as well so um and working with tails as well two forwards so it's going to be really interesting to see what we can bring but you know like i said it's early days we haven't looked at who else we might like to involve as well so we've got to sit down and properly go through it and look at what we need to bring but it's so exciting Rachel Taylor was
0: wearing a Barbarian shirt in readiness for her new role with the invitation side.
9: Yeah, it's nice to be
2: back in it. Slightly different role this time as coach, but um, just incredible, really. Like to, first of all, to be offered, well, invited to go and play was a huge honour. Captained against the British Army game, which is you know, probably the, the highlight of my career, and then now to become a coach all within a couple of years seems a little bit like a whirlwind, but um, they are a family, they are a, a very steeped in tradition, if you like, and to be a little part of that journey is, is massively important to me.
0: So being in at the beginning as a player, how much has it grown now you're coming back in as a coach?
2: I think it's gone leaps and bounds, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, it was a huge statement to play against Munster when we did, which was a tough game and I think to see the development from that game now to what was in Twickenham, just for me it highlights the importance of having a female barbarian team. I know The male barbarian teams come under a lot of heat for what it represents within the professional era now, but I think where the women's game is currently, it sits perfectly as a real challenge for international teams. It's just that balance between getting players and how long you've got them for. I think uh, Els Snozel said she trained for a week before. We certainly didn't train for a week before the Munster game. so um, yeah, it's definitely changing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And in terms of a challenge for Wales, as you say, there's going to be quite a strong squad available. It'll be a proper international
2: Yeah, hopefully. I think the interest that's probably built over the USA game, the England game now, there's more ambition for people to play. And I think for those players who are at the end of their careers, I think them sort of reigniting their love with the game kind of ignites everyone else's love for the game and just shows everybody how important it is to play for the barbers so there's certainly much more activity and interest around playing for them which hopefully will drive a bit of competition which means we can get a really competitive squad I know that that's um, part of the coaching team's aim is to have a very competitive squad and I think it'll be good to play Wales at the end of their autumn international so we can see where each other are
0: and for yourself, getting involved with uh, the Barbarians and the Crochets women, but uh, you're not short of things to keep yourself occupied, are you? you? just sort of run through all the other parts of it.
2: <laughs> uh, there's quite a few things ticking over at the moment. <laughs> with uh, obviously, like, lucky enough to work with the Welsh Rugby Union, so do that as my day job and sort of age grade and girls coaching involved in that. Probably going to have quite a, a key role within the RGC women's regional program this year, coaching at Common Bay men's team as well. So, we've got a busy season ahead of us as we're building at the club yeah mixed ability rugby team i coach on saturday mornings which i absolutely love with the stingrays and then hopefully these two opportunities will help me develop as a coach i think i couldn't really have asked to be paired with two better coaches at the moment you know obviously i'll be with bird for the crochets which has just be incredible come a long way with bird on my kind of playing slash rugby journey if you like so to finally get a shot to coach with her um, will be good obviously we're both forwards coaches I'm probably both defensive coaches like of naturally but I think I'll be fighting for the kicking rights and probably backline attack fancy um, for the crochets but we'll have to see how that goes and then obviously Joey Yap is uh, an up and coming coach now coaching in the under 20s in England so really keen to see how she does it my experience with Giselle when she coached the Barbarians last time was just a really different take on coaching and I think when you're fortunate enough to be in an international career for 10 years you see a lot of good coaches. We've been really lucky in Wales to have some, some quality coaches and then to come out of that environment and to have female coaches has been really interesting learning curve for me and to see how they do things differently and uh, certainly with Giselle and Bird it's just a real eye-opener to how I can develop myself as a coach so Fingers crossed Joe will offer the same opportunities for me and uh, hopefully learn a lot from the experiences.
0: The women's game changed so much while you were playing and by, by the time you finished it's a highly professional outfit. Are there a lot of players like yourself who having been through okay. that are now ready to take on the coaching role both on the men's and women's side of the game?
9: Yeah, I
2: think so. I think a lot of sort of more experienced international players who have maybe been in and around the rugby environment for sort of five to ten, you know, fifteen years, some of them, you know, you do sort of pick up a lot, whether that be via osmosis or what, I don't know. you, you do just kind of absorb a lot of it. Now there's more people like Birdie going forward, hopefully like more higher profile coaching opportunities like Crochets like Barbarians you know the regional rugby programme as well like hopefully people will stop putting themselves forward for that I think we've got some really talented coaches in Wales you know I was lucky enough to play with LFs for years obviously we played Barbarians together as well and I know she's coaching now and players like that and even in the current squad you have got Shuan Lily who's coaching at Swansea University and she's a really exciting coach coming through and they're probably the only ones that we know of by name because of their playing history but there's an awful lot more out there who offer something different whether that's from a different sport or teaching background so yeah I think it's a really exciting time for women's coaches in Wales and hopefully we can try and encourage them to take further steps on the ladder.
0: You mentioned those two and they are the obvious two but when you started the role at Colwyn Bay you were seen as a a trailblazer. Do people comment on it less now? Is it just becoming more accepted?
2: (laughs) I think it's slowly (laughs) becoming more accepted. I think you know, when I've done stuff as well within the role, my job role within age grade and, and maybe people aren't used to seeing a female coach in that respect, a lot of questions if you're the physio or the team manager generally, which I know there's an awful lot of people who do good jobs at that, but hopefully just getting that awareness out there that there is a pathway and it doesn't have to be in the women's game either, it can be in the men's game, and I think that's really important because the skills that people bring individually will... Naturally fall into one or the other, so I think um yeah, I think it's an exciting time, I think a lot of work now with world rugby and developing coaches and showing them the pathway to potentially coaching international, and I think that's massive as well but Within the job role I've got, I see so many really good female coaches at sort of under nines, under sixes, you know, like there's no reason why they can't push on and go into under 12s, 14s, 16s youth. So hopefully there's that opportunity now for people to go through and be a bit more confident to do it.
0: Which will be interesting going forward. For Wales coach Roland Phillips, these are certainly
3: exciting fixtures to look forward to. Certainly we decided after World Cup we needed to have a, a more of a, a structured meaningful autumn series and probably last autumn was really a big step up with the, the three international games this year now actually moves it forward again you know the long-term plan as we know um it started as long-term plan it's starting to get a mid-term plan and eventually it's going to get to short term which is the world cup you know it's all our preps going through to that you know this year's autumn is going to be another step forward with our preparation
0: so playing a couple of invitations. So I was going away to Spain first of all, but also yeah. playing Crochets and the Barbarians. How will those two games contrast and compare?
3: Spain will be away, our first fixture. We've we'll got another couple of fixtures to confirm as well, which will be away from home. But then our two home games, Crochets and Barbarians, there's a lot of similarity as far as the both invitational games. They're both uh, big brands. Crochets have been the first time they're running a women's team. team uh, Crochets, who I've played from the past, so I know how big and important this is. I think it's an opportunity over the last few years where you know, I hear about the so much. But I think now through the women, this women's game is such a big, big moment. I think this will really push the brand back to where I know it was or where it, where it should be. And then with the Barbers, they played this year, England, USA. They are a very good side. You know, they have in- invitation players all over the world. So that is going to be a massive step up for us. So just from a rugby point of view, it, it is a really, really meaty. It'll be physical. It'll be challenging autumn. Just from a profile point of view, to play that game uh, as a doubleheader here at the Principality Stadium before the men's game is huge. We do know that the profile of women's rugby is going up and up and up all the time and that's coming right through grassroots level. The media, the TV coverage, everything is pushing it all in the right direction. But to have an opportunity to play against an invitational team, which would be star-studded, here as a doubleheader with the men, is going to be a massive boost for women's rugby in Wales.
0: Last year we also saw this coming off the back of a regional programme. Is that more of the same because it worked last year? Are there some tweaks, changes? How's that going to work?
3: Yeah, the regional programme was a big, big success story for us last year. It just prepared the girls and made them better. we got to autumn, sitting against that for the first game, the girls were physically strong and fit. So the prep we did through the regional programme allowed us to, to prepare the girls on their pathway towards uh, national representation. There are a few tweaks and changes that we've made to it, um, where we position it in the season. This year the uh, registration will go out today. The program will start at the start of July, and the the performance, the games then will come in August. It just touch the start of September. You know, the main reason for the moving it in the calendar was to allow the, the club game then in September, October to develop. You know, because once we take all these regional players out of the club game, it's impossible to run a club site. I think it's just working together uh, to make sure that we get our regional program in place, but also then we can start building a healthy club programme which is needed as far as the actual programme itself is concerned just made one a slight adjustment to the performance side of it this was not to wake up one morning and think it's a good idea it was just a lot of research with players, coaches, regional managers etc and just discussing with the Dragons it was a very difficult programme to run last year they don't have um, a premiership team in that region so that's on the radar, that's going to help to build the Dragons women's rugby brand up but what we're going to do this year is they've got a very good under-18 set-up you know, that's been good over the years. So we want to use this regional block to focus on the, just the development of the players, development of these under-18s or 18-year-old girls now to take them through to regional. So for only for this regional block, just going to run a development programme in the Dragons just to help them re-energise and rebuild and then we can uh, probably then revert back to normal end next year. What that means is that they won't be in the actual competition block but um, I'll be looking at some uh, modified games for that squad to play against the other regions attached to the regional programme. Still have Blue scarlet Ospreys and a team from North Wales? They're all involved, it's just that when it comes to competition the preparation that the Dragons will do is the same as preparation everybody else but I just need to spend more time developing the players within that region and not just throw them in the deep end in the regional game of the matches. just to need to rebuild the brand or rebuild the team within that region or yeah. have a lately.
1: that's the best way forward to do it
0: so that's it for this week's Wild Rugby Union podcast a special focus on the Premiership. next week until then goodbye